Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one and welcome all to the second 65th episode of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza featuring myself, Daniel Finton, and just one co-host today after the man with the versatile name was sacked from the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. I am only joined by the bumptious Brighton boy, formerly known as the lovely London local lad, Alfie Koshaw in the cup. Alfie, how are you doing today, mi amigo? What are you saying, lads? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, got a bit of a headache, um, but, you know, we'll go past that. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's sad without, you know, Rob. He was, you know, a good servant to the cause, but he had to be let go after he uh, fucked up last week, didn't he? What are you saying, Daniel? Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm well. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, it, it was really, like you said, it was really, really sad uh, that we had to sack, sack, you know, Bert, Bertha, uh, like mm. I like to call him. Um, Tragic. Mm. He had a lot of potential, you know, but uh, folks, for you guys listening out there, uh, we recorded an episode that was an hour and 16 minutes last week, and uh, Rob's online hyphen voice hyphen recorder.com software thingy mabobber on his laptop slash desktop slash whatever the hell he's using because i don't know um did not record so it was basically just alfie would talk i would talk and then there'd be like a minute of silence so it was un unsalvageable um so yeah sorry about no episode last week but it's completely rob's fault he really screwed the pooch on this one no i'm just kidding um he did Rob, and it was a phenomenal episode as well. We, you know, we had a lot mm, of talk. We delved into creative issues, and then you know, yeah. it's just all taken away from us because yeah, you know, someone's inept. Luckily, however, uh, Rob actually just turned eighteen. I think it was yesterday, mm. right? So um, yeah, he was. W- he won't be making those childish mistakes anymore because now he's technically mm. an adult. So he's a man. Yeah, you're a fucking man now, Bert. You gotta, you gotta fucking. Get it going, man. No, but uh, mistakes mm. happen, and now we just know that it's never gonna, never gonna happen again. Frankly, Alfie, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, mean I don't mean to dwell on the subject, but I'm happy it was him and not me, because, um, you know, that, yeah, that would be embarrassing. Twenty one year old can't be doing that. Yeah, like he's seventeen. It's kind of like a youngster missing, mm. like a kind. Of, you yeah, remember? He's like Saliba, and you're mm. like Gabrielle. Exactly. Exactly. You remember how? Uh, remember how Saka missed that pretty clear cut? I, I would consider it pretty clear cut header against Manchester United, um, which mm. obviously we're going to get into here in a little bit. See, if that was Lacazette, that would have been a major issue. Uh, shout out Leicester, where he did do something like that. But um, you know, since he's a youngster, yeah, I mean, we could forgive it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he'll learn, and he'll evolve, and uh, happy birthday, Rob. You're a man now. So yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, they got Rob. Robert! And yeah. and he's not sacked because, um, like Unai Emery, um, I'm not mm. capable of of strong leadership. So he'll be back next week. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> enough about that shit because no one cares. We're gonna have a brief episode today, folks, because Alfie has a life. So <laughs> let's get in to the away win at Old Trafford, Alfie. Nil to mm. one. This feels so weird to say. Nil to one at a top six ground. Our first win away from home to one of the big six since 2015. Our first mm. win at Old Trafford for 14 years. 
What? I don't remember us winning at Old Trafford in the league. I mean, I was five when it happened, so <laughs> well, <laughs> I you... don't remember it. Mm. So it's it's glorious to see. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, and I'm not ashamed to admit it because I'm an American, so it's not like I was raised around Arsenal. I didn't really mm. discover Arsenal until about 2010, so I had genuinely never seen Arsenal win at Old Trafford in, mm. in my Apart fucking life. Welbeck. Uh, well, yeah, of course. Apart from like yeah. the the oh, that was fucking amazing. By the way, um, here's my question to you before we get into the nitty gritties of the game and everything like that, like we always do. Aside from Tottenham, is there another fucking team that you'd love us to break uh, break this streak against? To be honest, no. Um, you know, I saw shouts. You know, shout uh, the footballist on Instagram. He was saying, you know, this is the timeline classico on his page, and it really is. You know. Football Twitter, not a big fan, as you know, but mm. it really, you know, fucking, what's his name? United Trey um, and the rest of them, Mac or whatever his name is, not Mac Johnson. He's he's lovely. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, but this Mac guy, uh, I mean, fuck them. They're fucking horrific. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fuck United. Cunts. Completely agree. Absolutely agree. And I just have been thinking about this, Alfie. Mikel Arteta has not only already won a trophy, but he already has won against a top six side away from home. And Unai Emery was unable to achieve either of those feats. So it, like, here's my question to you yeah. before we get into it. Uh, I keep I've said that like six times now. Is that more of an uh, is that is that more praise on towards uh, Arteta or is that uh, a fucking horrible sly on towards Unai Emery? I mean, I think it shows a bit of both. I think Arteta's, you know, I wrote about, I mentioned this in my piece, sort of in the lead up to this game. There was a bit of, and we were speaking about last week. You know, he's got quite a lot to prove still. You know, as much as he's done good things, he's got quite. Quite a lot to prove, you know. The question marks about you know how he's structuring the team and how he's making it too maybe too structured. But I also mentioned that you know he has impressed, and those feats in particular show that you know we're becoming bigger in big games. We're no longer a soft touch. They were mentioning this on Ask Us, like we didn't mm. go there and feel like we could just get clarted. We didn't go there thinking, oh, we're going to get fucking destroyed. We went there and we were pretty solid. So yeah, I mean, it's it's encouraging, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's kind of weird, man. But I really think that you know us getting this kind of hard-fought, industrious kind of. We've we've been saying this a lot recently because obviously Unai Emery was our previous manager, and he was very anti-Arsenal. But um, it was a very anti-Arsenal win, wasn't it? You know, we dug in. We we were really difficult to break down. Like you said, the spine of the team is nowhere near as feeble as it used to be. And Arteta's just really shaping up this defense. So at the moment, we've obviously have the fewest goals conceded in the Premier League. So I think that pretty much sums it up perfectly mm. in a little surface level stat. To get into it, um, what did you make of the starting eleven? Obviously, some controversial inclusions there. Yeah, uh, and again, they were mentioning this on Arscast. I've only listened to the first twenty minutes so far. Same, but, bro. Uh, same. I've already cited it twice. Yeah. They were saying how they just hate the period between um, when the team's announced and then when the match actually starts because there was a bit of meltdown, you know, oh, why is El Nenny playing? Mm. Um, fucking, why isn't Pepe playing? Why isn't, you know, Nelson or Willock involved at all, not even on the bench? You know, why is Willian starting? 
was Lacazette starting, and mm. I was I can't lie when I saw Lacazette in the team, I was like, mm, I feel like he needs to be dropped because you know, just because he's a senior player, he's, he's not been in form, and you know, you've got to reward players who are playing well with starts to sort of you know reinforce that system of if you play well, you start. You can't play badly and keep starting, but. He got it spot on in the end. As much as I thought Lacazette had, a, you know, some good elements to his game, I also thought he had some poor elements to his game. He did get it spot on because we won the game and it was a good performance. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised with certain inclusions at Ilneny. Uh, I didn't think Holding was going to be fit. Uh, that was quite a welcome surprise. Mm. But, you know, essentially the team selection, you can delve into it as much as you want. If we win the game, I don't think... It, I feel like people... It doesn't merit as much conversation. If you oh, know. yeah, exactly. And I... Here's a soundbite for you, folks. I am an idiot. And there's a reason that Mikel Arteta is the manager, and I am not. Because I was bitching and moaning about the inclusion of Willian, the inclusion of Lacazette, and most notably, <laughs> the inclusion of Mohamed Elneny, who just so happened to put in the fucking... Yeah, El Pir- I mean... The Pyramid Pillar. Uh, yeah, exactly. He put in the performance mm. of his life, and that was exactly the kind of player in which we needed for this kind of game. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, and uh, we'll get into that um, a little more uh, later on. Mm. But, Alfie, uh, the, the United lineup, I mean, obviously it was a pretty pretty strong lineup. I'm just looking at it here, you know. I mean, was there any uh, mm. any surprises from you uh, with, with United's lineup? Though I feel like we should at least mention theirs briefly. Mm. Well, they, they um, and Vinay sort of wrote about this in his tactical piece, mm. they set up with this diamond system that worked against Leipzig where, you know, obviously they won 5-0, very comfortable. Um, and I feel like we, it sort of, it didn't work for them. I think we negated their threat very well throughout the game. I think that, that was, again, I wrote in my piece, I think that was probably the most encouraging sign about our performance, the way we were able to negate United's threat completely. Because I think, you know, Pogba, Fernandez were sort of marked out the game by Partey and Elneny. Um, and Fred and McTominay were left with, you know, Lacazette was dropping into that space um, and bro- blocking the passing lanes. And I think the way we pressed in general just meant that United's team didn't really function well because they didn't have any wide players or any offensive wide players on the pitch. But also, I just think that was probably the most encouraging element of our performance in general, just the way we pressed, um, you know, the way Aubameyang and Lacazette led the press and then William was joining in, Saka and Tierney, sorry, Saka and Bellerin pushed very high. And there was a lot of chat about our system. Um, and I think Arteta actually got it. Yeah, there was a lot of chat about, is it a back three? It, it looked more like a back four. And I think he set up perfectly to sort of play against this diamond that United played. We kept getting overloads in the wide wide sides and I think Solskjaer got that wrong and Arteta spotted how he could sort of overcome that system and it worked. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I was a little bit nervous when I saw that, that United lineup because obviously, you know, you look at that team on paper and they have, mm. you know, they have some pretty fucking dangerous players going forward especially. I have to admit, you know, I mean, United's attack mm. is pretty... Pretty impressive, but you know, like you were saying, Arteta's uh, Arteta did extremely well in in coping with such such a narrow attack, and you know, with pacey guys up top like Greenwood and Rashford, it could be really difficult. But 
this is what Arteta is clearly specializing in, you know, is, is making us far more difficult to break down than we've been in, in years, mm. you know. Um, I wanted to come to... Yeah, it wasn't on. like, mm. on the on like that sort of, we were so, we were very good at sort of negating United's threat and nullifying them. But it wasn't like we'd, it wasn't like a lot of the performances towards the back end of last season where we sat deep and sort of invited pressure and we were somewhat lucky like I'm thinking of that Liverpool game in particular, but also City in the FA Cup semi-final. We were somewhat lucky that they missed chances and that our keeper was excellent on the day when it was Martinez. In this, it was it was quite different in that we sort of we were on the front foot. We were trying to control the game. We'd and they're saying this again on on Ask Us. We were strangling them. We were compressing them in their own area. And we, we were pressing them so high and we were creating opportunities. Although we didn't have many very clear cut opportunities, we did. Sort of a lot of them. I, again, I said this in my piece. It was a lot of what if moments. Sort of getting into the final third and the final ball sort of didn't come off, but the approach play was very mm. nice to watch. Um, and I just think, yeah, it, in that sense, the approach was different to how we've seen in these big games, and that's that was a sign of progression that I really liked about the performance. That it wasn't just sitting back absorbing pressure. It was very, you know, intense pressing and and trying to get at them and being on the front mm, foot. Exactly. And on that, I mean, I thought in the first half in particular, you know. I thought we were doing pretty well um, in terms of us flying forward, you know, in an attacking manner and everything like that. Um, one thing that I was also kind of calling for, um, I don't, I can't remember if I said this in the last podcast or not, but I was, I was, uh, I was calling for Ainsley actually to start in the position that, that Saka did. But um, honestly, Alfie, I'm mm. so happy that he didn't because Saka throughout the game, you know, his directness that he plays with, I think was, was really mm really helping us. And obviously, as we all know, he's significantly better going forward than that of Ainsley. So it was, um, mm. it was good. But uh, the first half, <laughs> I don't know about you, man. Mm. Um, and we'll get into some of the details of the first half, but I just want to talk about the way I was feeling after the first 45 came to a close. And I want to see if you agree with me. It scared mm. me how similar I felt after this first half. Um, to to and it felt so similar to the way I felt after the first half against Leicester. You know, mm. I felt like we were the better team. I felt like we were the the yeah. side that was making far better chances, but we didn't capitalize on any of them, and we went into the second half nil nil. And obviously, as we know, Manchester United is one of those teams you don't really have to give them that many chances. You know, I say it all the time. I think genuinely, and I'm not even talking about you know their the the referees all having a strange fetish for them. But genuinely, I think Manchester United is probably the luckiest team in world football. And I'm, I'm just that no cap. Seriously, I think Manchester United is probably the fucking luckiest team in world football. So I was getting so nervous after the first half came to a close and we didn't uh, manage to capitalize on any of the chances we made. Obviously, looking back, you know. Uh, Bellerin created that chance for Aubameyang where he wasn't quite able to to get on the end of the fizz cross. Uh, I know Willian hit the bar. Mm. Uh, was there any other chances? Willian hit the bar. The... There was the the Saka header. That's right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Where he should have. Those were the sort of three main instances. Mm. Mm. So how were you feeling after the first half game to a close? We had some decent chances, and you could argue, I would say mm. certainly that Saka's should have gone in. Absolutely should have gone in. Mm. Um. Williams hit the bar, so I think he's just a little bit unfortunate there. Um, and Aubameyang, 
I think that's a tricky one to get to just because uh, Bellerin just smacked it yeah. hard, you know. But uh, I feel like uh, a bit more finesse on that cross from Bellerin, and we might have seen a goal. Yeah, exactly. So, what were your thoughts after the first forty-five came to a close? I I agree with uh, just on the United lucky mm. thing. Shout out XG. Uh, that sort of is supported in their metrics so far this season. They've been pretty bad, you know. Without penalties, their non-penalty XG is pretty bad. Um, and uh, they've o- only West Brom have created fewer big chances. I mean, okay, season. so there you go. I mean, I'm a fucking, I'm <laughs> exactly. a fucking genius. So yeah, <laughs> mm, you are. Yeah, you you didn't even you haven't looked to the metrics, but just, you know you can read I just them. Felt it with, in your mm, mind. Yeah, mm. mental. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I felt like as much as we weren't necessarily sort of transferring our superiority and our pressing ability into clear-cut opportunities. You know, the William one, it's a really nice move, mm. but it is still, like, it's not a clear chance. Mm. It's not like you he's got to score there. It's an unlucky sort of speculative effort. The the Bellerin one is, again, one of those what-if moments. We didn't quite get the final ball right. The, the Bellerin Talbamiang. And then the uh, Saka header. I think it's a harder header than it looks. Mm. Like, I don't think it's an easy chance, but I think... As you were saying, if it was a striker there, you'd you'd expect them to at least hit the target. Um, but yeah, I think that was the 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 frustrating part of the first half. We were the much better side. I think United had one opportunity really, or maybe they may have had like one shot by half time, and it was that Greenwood chance at the at the far post where Rashford played him in. That was the only time they really cut us open in the whole game, and even that wasn't like clear cut because it was quite far wide. But yeah, I think. That as I was talking about the pressing, I feel like it will come if we if we sort of implement and instill this pressing like consistently into our play, we will get better at sort of creating chances from it. So we, as I was saying, we we didn't quite make the most of the space that you create from causing a turnover deep in the opposition half. We didn't quite make the most of it, but as we sort of press more, we will become more efficient at using the ball in those areas mm. much more better. Mm. Much, much more better, much better, much much better. Yeah, much better. So yeah, I think that first half, I was also quite frustrated that we hadn't used it. But second half, I think it was a bit different. We weren't quite as intense, but you know, we got the goal. We saw it out, and we we were able to hang on after that goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think something uh, worth noting as well. This filled me with anxiety too, Alfie. Gabrielle mm. and Rob Holding are two, uh, you know, I guess we had three central defenders technically, you know, but um, mm. our two out-and-out kind of central defenders were both booked in the first half. Yeah. So, you know, that that compiled with the fact that we didn't score despite making a number of chances was really making me, you know, get a, get that little fluttery feeling in my stomach that I get when, when Arsenal, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of screw the pooch um, in the first half like we've seen before. But like you said, uh, mm. we capitalized on it. Prior to, to us being awarded the penalty, though, um, second half, it's like you said, we didn't really impose ourselves um, quite in the same way that we did in the first half. I thought United mm. looked and a maybe little more hungry. That's inevitable in terms of like fatigue. Mm. Like It's quite hard to maintain that intensity that we press with. But it was still like a, a relatively solid performance. We were a bit more compact defensively, and we... We weren't quite as intense as you're saying, but you know, we got the goal, and there were there was a period where we were very much on top in that second half. I think it was a ten minute period. It was sort of around when we scored. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, um, I guess, yeah. do you want to talk about the goal? Yeah, what do you think? Penalty? 100%. No doubt in my mind. I thought, I yeah. th- I, but by the way, can I just say this as well? Because I know we haven't, we're going to get mm. on to praising um, individuals, obviously, after we do this little recap of the game and everything like we always do. Mm. I think one individual who's not getting nearly enough praise is Hector Bellerin. I thought on the night he was tremendous. I mean, obviously not just winning the penalty, but, you know, that chance that, you know, like we said, he hit it a little too hard uh, towards Aubameyang. So Mm. we can't really blame Aubameyang for that. I think that's down to Bellerin. But the fact that he was there and he had the presence of mind to try to pick him out is impressive. And then obviously he gave the cross to Bukayo Saka that he put over the bar. So I thought Bellerin going forward yesterday was fucking fantastic and the winning of the penalty basically mm. just came down to Bellerin's impressiveness um physically what do you think did you think it was a clear-cut penalty like me 100% and yeah I think that's a good point on Bellerin I thought he was really impressive and I think it sort of marks an upturn in his form in general mm. you know he's he's been pretty good even since the restart but particularly this season um and yeah, we'll get onto it in a bit. But yeah, I thought he, I thought Bellerin was really good. Um, and yeah, hundred percent of penalties. Yeah. It was sort of a similar pattern of play that we saw quite a lot in this game. It was Willian and Bellerin causing an overload on that side? As I was talking about, um, United weren't playing with you know wide forwards, or they didn't really have wingers on the pitch. It was that diamond and then the split striker partnership. So it meant we could create those overloads quite easily. And I think we saw a lot of that. Willian playing Bellerin in. Um, and that was just in a, I think it, it, William was playing Bellerin in, didn't he, for this penalty? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just another example of that. And I think clumsy from Pogba. Mike Dean gives Arsenal a penalty at Old Trafford I, against United, and United didn't get a penalty. How bizarre is that? <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely baffled. I, I, could, mm. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe my eyes. Um... But yeah, I, I don't think there's any fucking debate about it. I didn't. You know, it's bad when you see United fans not even debating it. It's a penalty, hundred yeah. percent. It's so clumsy it was from blatant, Papa. blatant, so yeah. clumsy. And on the penalty, obviously, Aubameyang dispatched it. Is it just me or are penalties quite a lot better when there's no fans in the stadium? Oh, it feel, feel, oh, yeah. feel like we're seeing some amazing penalties constantly. Did you see Tielemans' penalty last night? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. They, Unbelievable. I mean, it's just like it's so relaxed. Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, you don't have like 60, 70, or 40, 50,000 people, or 60, 70,000 mm. people, you know, booing the shit out of you. Or you don't feel mm. the, like, the of nervous Of course, energy. there's still pressure. Mm. Yeah. Of course, there's still pressure because it's like it's a Premier League game and you need to score it. But. At the same time, you, you, as you were saying, that you don't get that sort of added adrenaline and, and sort of pressure from the, the crowd, which is basically why players miss. I mean, most players, even if goalkeepers are, are good, most players are capable of scoring a penalty past any goalkeeper in the world. Most football mm. players are capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can probably do it most of the time, even against a top Premier League goalkeeper. <laughs> but it's just, it's the... <laughs> I probably could. You probably could. Like you're capable of, of kicking a ball True. perfectly in the corner with relative pace. Yeah, it's just the element of pressure oh, yeah, that adds yeah. to it. And without crowds, it seems like penalties have been very good in general. I'm thinking of a lot of the penalties I've seen, even in the shootout in like at Anfield earlier this season, mm. but also in the Community Shield. Like they were better. Yeah, you know, and uh, just just on the penalty, I thought that you know, it's like. We deserve to be in front of that point anyway. 
You know what I mean? And, mm. and like the fact was, you know, I know that if you look at this result on paper, it looks like a really, you know, kind of rugged and and mm. an ugly kind of win, you know, one nil away from mm. home just with the penalty goal. It looks nasty and ugly on paper. But the fact is we deserve that penalty because we won we it fairly and we created mm. the better chances in the game. So we 100 mm. percent deserve to win this game. But um, yeah, and the XG reflected that. So, yeah, and I mean, the stats kind of, you know, they, they, the stats mm. don't lie, Chief, you know, and that's just, that's how it mm. is. Um, obviously, after that occurred, United came into the game a little more. What did you, how were you feeling? Mm. How were you feeling after uh, after United started to, started to get, you know, a little bit more of a foothold into the game? Obviously, you know, they made some some pretty attacking substitutes. Uh, Cavani came on, uh, Donny van de Beek as well, you know. Uh, how were you feeling? How were you feeling in that in that final twenty one minutes of the game? Um, when they were coming into the game, naturally, you know, you feel a bit, a little bit nervous. You know, they're coming, but at the same time, I didn't feel that nervous. I didn't feel like they were creating that much. As I said, there about the the stat about West Brom, the only being the only team that have created fewer chances them, and I genuinely didn't feel like that exposed or like we were being threatened that much at any stage. And I actually felt relatively calm that mm. we'd see it out just because, and that sort of speaks to the, well, it speaks volumes about the way Arteta has transformed this team into a team that is, it's got defensive structure and it doesn't concede many clear cut opportunities. You know, we yeah. don't concede that many chances and we didn't. The only sort of moment I can think of that United had in that final 20 minutes was, um, the ball across, which El Nenny deflected onto Leno's face, that hit the post. That was the only moment. <laughs> that was, really. that, how, how about Did they have that? Anything else? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but did they have anything else? That's like the only one. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that's that's pretty much it. They weren't really that dangerous going forward, and it's kind of funny, man, because it's like I completely agree with what you just said there, and. Mm. It's like, I think the only reason I was nervous is because I just know how good Arsenal are at cocking things up, you know? Mm. I just know how good yeah. we are at that. And well, we didn't have Mustafi or Louise in the pitch, so yeah. <laughs> that helped, I think. That helped for the nerves. Yeah. They can produce a random moment of madness at any point, but I have a bit more trust in those who were out there. I don't know if you saw this, but did you kind of notice that every time a United player got into the box, they kind of did this thing where they put their back towards a defender and like kind of bend over over the ball. It's like mm. they were trying to win a fucking penalty every time they got yeah, into the Yeah, I mean box. that's probably why they win so many. It's like, oh my god, I'm I'm so happy that Arsenal are not like that. We don't just when we get mm. into the box, we try to create chances and have a go. We don't try to win a penalty because we're not. That's a genuine tactic that it feels like Solskjaer has deployed. I don't like that. You know, teaching players to try and win penalties. Yeah. And it is, to be fair to them, it's been sort of successful because they've won so many and it's got them a lot of goals from it. But, yeah. I don't know. I prefer my team to be the protagonist and not have to rely on a referee's decision in order to win a game, which is ironic seeing as as we kind of (laughs) relied on one a little bit to win this one. But, you know, Bellerin wasn't trying to win that penalty, I don't think. You know, he was going to be in for goal. He he just got got fouled. So. Yeah. Um, but then, do you want to talk mm, about some individual displays? I do. Yeah. Maybe three or four. We mentioned uh, Bellerin, but I think there were three probably standout performance performers. Okay, give me your three standout performers since you said you have three, and I will give you my mm. standout performers. 
I think El Nenny has to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Partey and Gabriel. I would completely agree with that. And I, hmm. I've got to say, man, I think I might have to add a couple more. You know? I think hmm. I might have to add a couple more. I have more. one more. Who, who's yeah. that? Who's that? Rob Holding. That was going to be one of mine. Yeah. Really good. That was going to be one of mine. I mean, Tierney was as good as ever. Um, mm. And I thought Willian actually had quite a good first half, but I think those were the three or four standout ones. Mine were, were obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Bellerin. And like I just said, holding. Mm. And then speaking of holding, that holding mm. midfield of Partey and El Nene. And then, <laughs> um, and then Gabriel. So I, I mean, that's pretty mm. impressive, Alfie, that I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm saying we had five standout performers. How many games has there been where we've had zero? You know? <laughs> Yeah. So uh, impressive, yeah. impressive from from most of the team. And I thought, you know, then I'm just looking at the rest of the team here. You know, guys like Saka did not have a bad game at all. Uh, Tierney was no. consistent as ever. Aubameyang, quite a good game. Aubameyang dispatched mm. a penalty, good game as well. I thought we got him into the game a lot more than we have done um, in recent times. Um, William had a decent little first half, obviously played a major part in Bellerin winning the penalty. And then even Lacazette. I thought Lacazette was a little rusty. Um, and, you know, obviously I get kind of annoyed with how in like 70 minutes he's dead, he's done, you know, Mm. he's completely, completely tuckered out and just needs to come off the pitch. And I thought he should have come off a little Mm. bit earlier from Ketia, to be honest, but nevertheless, he put in a good shift, you know, yeah, he he pressed really well to be fair. He did. And he was making, you know, he was making the life of, of that midfield for, for Manchester United really difficult. You know, going in there mm. and hacking at him and said, you know, I've talked about it before. He's a he's a little bastard, isn't he? Lacazette, you know, he's a, yeah. he's got a little mean mm. streak to him. And uh, the ball may have been bouncing off him like he was a metal pole, whereas it used to stick to him like he was Velcro. But nevertheless, mm. he put a hardworking performance in. And then that on top of the standout performers saw us across the line to mm. our first away win against the top six time. Top six side, rather. Beautiful. In 20, it's 2015, man. It's crazy. It's crazy that I'm saying that, by the way. Kind of pathetic, but hey, you know. Yeah, the curse is broken. The curse is broken, people! <laughs> <laughs> Should we focus a bit on Gabrielle quickly? I think we have to. I think we 100% yeah. have to. Because another thing that I, for, I think we, sh- we should mention as well. Alfie, this guy's on a fucking yellow card. It's the dying mm. embers of the game. Matic is in the ball. Uh, Matic, Matic, fuck, I can't talk. I'm too excited. Matic is in the box. And United are, you know, trying to pull out the Fergie time equalizer. And they're just going all out attack there in the final moments of the game. Gabriel flies into a sliding challenge. Absolutely annihilates the big lug Matic. And it's a completely beautiful <laughs> and clean tackle that any defender watching would be proud as fuck of. Mm. Oh, it was brilliant. And he was just brilliant throughout the game. He was so good. At... He's he's just he surprised me. I thought he was going to be good, but the way in which he's adapted, and the the pace at which he's adapted to the English game, I know he's already he's got all the attributes physically and you know on the ball and stuff. But I did not expect him to hit the ground running just quite quickly as he mm. has. And you know he's it's 
he's just so imposing and he's, he, he, he dominates defenders. You know, he's, he saw the likes of Rashford and Greenwood when they were trying to spin in behind, he'd follow them and he'd, he'd sweep up. Um, when they were coming short to get the ball, he'd just absolutely, you know, he would stay on them and he'd m- more often than not make the tackle mm. or block or whatever. And it's, we honestly have to start talking about him. Like it may be a bit early and he, you know, you have to do this over a prolonged period of time, but it feels like he is, he's already one of the better central defenders in the Premier League. Oh, 100%. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's already our best defender at the club. Granted, that's not that difficult feat of a feat to achieve, but, you know, he is, mm. yeah, he's absolutely up there with some of the most he's, impressive He's probably defenders. one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. I think he's first. With how well he's playing. I think he's first. I think he's yeah. our best player right now, honestly. Not genuine. Mm. I, think, I think Gabriel's our best player at the moment. And my... Probably the two things I love the most about Gabriel is, you know, mm. one, how 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 good he is at passing the ball. You know, he's so mm. fucking good at passing the ball. And the other Oh, he's brilliant on the ball. The other thing though, mm. how calm he is and how almost almost reluctant he is to go to ground. Whereas, you know, we've seen defenders we yeah. have like shout out Mustafi, who just says, <laughs> you know, I, I have to slide here. I have to slide. You know, and it's like we're at the halfway line and he just fucking breaks someone's light sent off. And Gabrielle is just cool as a cucumber, really. You know, and I just, I love this guy. I love this woman! I love this fucking, I love this guy, Gabrielle. He's he's a sick player, man. And he got a yellow card in the 27th him. minute and then proceeded to put in it a didn't, top-class performance. Yeah, and it didn't, like, prevent him. Some players, you know, particularly defenders, when they get a yellow card, they sort of, they're a lot less aggressive and willing to engage in players and it sort of affects their ability to sort of dominate uh, attackers. But it didn't really affect him. You know, he continued. Maybe he should have got a second yellow, um, but it didn't really affect his game. And that was, you know, that was nice to see. Yeah, well, El I was well. going to say, I was literally, my next question, yeah. Alfie, was going to be, <laughs> speaking on the subject of El Neni, I'll, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. fill you in with mine. I thought Partey was tremendous and Gabriel too, but I don't know if it's just because I love El Nani. I love how sweet and kind he is and how hardworking he is. He's just such a good guy, you know? So for me, he's my man of the match. Who is your man of the match? Mine was Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But I think El Nani, it there's a shout for El Nani. I thought first half in particular, I think that was the best, well, it was definitely the best half I've seen him produce ever. Um, and, I, and we have seen some good halves. I, mean, I think I'm thinking of you know performance at the New Camp where he scored that goal, but he was excellent then. Um, and you know he's written off, he was sort of ostracized, ostracized from the squad, but he's come back. It's clear that Arteta rates him, and he's shown belief in him, which I think has given him a real boost um, psychologically. And it, he, we can see he's playing with a lot more confidence. And you know, it wasn't just you know his efficiency on the ball. He's very, very good normally in terms of ball retention, but he was he was progressing it a lot more. He was he was a lot more you know incisive in his passing. He was breaking the lines. He was driving with the ball. I've never seen him drive with the ball like he did at times. I think there was one run in particular where he drove forward, found uh, Saka down the left. He was he was he was excellent, mm. and it was it's it's such a nice surprise. It feels like a new signing mm. in a way. The way he sort of emerged this season. And, you know, potentially we talked a lot about how Shaka is, you know, integral to this team functioning and, you know, how Sabios, Shaka Sabios pivot was going so well. El Neni Partey, it was very encouraging. And I think they were good together 
in Vienna as well, but this was another level. And you know, if if we can get alternatives to these to that Shaka Sabas pivot, if we can get El Neni Partey, you know, functioning, there's no reason why that can't be a very good partnership. And you know, Shaka and Sabas will may struggle to get mm. game time. Well, I think Alfie, I think you summed it up perfectly. In your in your match mm. recap, I mean, in regards to Thomas Partey, just to just to speak about the yeah about the new signing a little bit. I don't mean to to neglect him by any means because I thought he was fucking excellent. Partey, you know, mm. coming into the side with such a presence in the midfield, such an eye for a pass, such I mean, how about that nutmeg on Fred? Woo doggy, you know. I mean, yeah. and you know, not only that, but his his his, uh, his his defensive presence in there as well. You know, like you said, he's kind of making Granite Jacques' role a bit redundant. You know, like he mm. basically, oh yeah, he's that, got yeah. all of the attributes that Jaka has, and then the mobility that Jaka doesn't have. So, uh, if I'm exactly. Granite Jaka, I'm sweating, man. What do you think? Mm. Oh no, I agree. I think, and yeah, that's exactly why I said he's he he can progress the ball. As well as Xhaka can, you know, he's got the per, the the range of passing, um, but he also has the ability to drive with the ball, and then he's also got much better defensive involvement than Granite Xhaka, and as you said, much greater mobility. You know, you don't see him run rings around him or leave him really exposed in the transition mm-hmm. because he's got that mobility. And yeah, I mean, I thought he he was brilliant again, and. You know, I think it's. I was. I had some. I was. I was very, as you know, I was very much up for this signing, um, and I supported it. But I did have a few like sort of question marks. I think his form was worse last season than in previous years, um, and also, you know, his age and stuff. You know, he's he's, he's gonna. He's not gonna get much better, but he could get better, and he he looks like he's 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 settled into this team brilliantly, and you know. I can't wait for mm. this for for this sort of partnership for this spine to sort of develop into hopefully at some point a title winning side. You know, you've got Gabriel Partey down the middle. That is such a strong spine to to build around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the main things I like about Partey is uh, he just his. I don't know like what kind of distance he covers per match, but he runs mm, probably. A lot. Yeah, and probably a lot. You're right, but. Every run he makes, like, makes sense. You know what I mean? He doesn't just run Mm. around, bustle around like a headless chicken. You know, he has Mm. very uh, well thought out kind of runs. So at the end of the match, he didn't look, Mm. he didn't even look fucking that tuckered out at all. You know, and he probably Mm. covered one of the highest amount of distances on the pitch. such an intelligent player. uh, And I love it. I love it so much. I mean, look at this. Mm. I mean, I'm looking at this team still on paper for, for Manchester United. They've got a midfield of... Paul Pogba, Fred, uh, McTominay, and and Bruno Fernandez. Obviously, that's you know a bit of uh, goal scoring and creative brilliance um, ahead of an extremely physical kind of trifecta there. And Partey made them look mm. like fucking shit. You know, I thought. Yeah. I mean, someone commented that on my Instagram post. They were like, "I love how our midfield two outclassed their midfield four. Mm, exactly. You know, I, they didn't look overloaded. At not all. at all. Not at all. They 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 handled that. They held it down, mm. you know, and I'm, mm. I was critical um, over El Nene starting, you know, but you look at it 
and, and obviously that midfield four, I think we needed guys as physically capable as Partey and Elneny in there. I don't think Ceballos mm. would have held it down the way that Elneny did. I don't think there's any way he would have. You know, I don't think Granit Xhaka mm. would have put in the performance that Partey did. So great decision from Mikel Arteta and tactical masterclass. We have to say it. Mm. Fantastic from Arteta. Yeah. Um, and three points. And three points. And the curse is over. Three points on the board, man. The curse is over. We, now we yeah. just have to, you know, I think our next away game to a big six side is Tottenham, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm. We should go to destroy them. How fucking nice would that be? How nice would mm. that be, you know? Beautiful. Um, yeah. But, uh, Alf, I know you're. I know you're kind of running out of time. You're. You've got some stuff to do. Is there anything else on mm. the United win that you'd like to cover before we? Uh, we could talk about the Molde game for maybe like two or three minutes, and I'll let you go. Okay. Nothing in particular. Okay. No. Yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. We covered it pretty well. We covered it as mm. well as uh, Gabrielle did the uh, did the front two. So there you go. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next game. This game's over. We're fucking ecstatic with it. We have the fewest goals conceded in the Premier League. And hold on, I just want to read this little stat for you as well before we before we move on because I was just reading it here off uh, Goal.com where I get my kind of uh, my refreshers when I'm talking on the podcast mm. because I frankly have a fucking pathetic memory. So uh, that's why I sit here and just stare at the lineup like the whole time that we're talking, you know, mm. because I basically have Alzheimer's. But anyway, here's this here's this little factoid for you. Arteta was the first manager, or excuse me, became the second manager in Arsenal's history to win both of his first two games against United after Herbert Chapman in 1925, 1926. Um, the last Gunners manager to win their first away game against the Red Devils was Billy Wright in May 1963. Shout out Billy Shout Wright. Shout out Billy Wright. I don't even I don't even know who that is. That's a that's a staggering stat, isn't it? I mean, that's crazy. I, kind yeah. of kind of pathetic, to be honest, but mm. um, <laughs> but crazy, but awesome for yeah. Arteta. Um, Alfie, we've got mold. We we've do. got mold at home. Yeah, we do have mold at home. Um, and quite frankly, I expect nothing less than three points. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, we we have to. Yeah. You know, um. Mm. We'll only have, I think it's, yeah, only only one more home game in the Europa League group stage after this one. Obviously, it's going to be the, the rapid rapid ween. <laughs> um, <laughs> rapid ween. Uh, but, yeah, it's like you said, man. Nothing better than three, uh, nothing less than three points. Uh, nothing better than three points. If we can get better than three points, I guess by all means do it. But, um, yeah, nothing mm. less than three points. What kind of lineup would you go with? Um, I've done my preview for Instagram. Mm. Let me just get it off. Sure, on. sure. What is my I would imagine it's probably uh, going to be kind of similar to the one I'm thinking of. Mm. Well, I went Runnison. Shout out Alex. He did actually play, which is... We were uh, wrong. We, we, we were wrong. He has yeah, played. Yeah, we were wrong. We were all... Yeah, we need to give a bit more credit because, you know, he's made his Arsenal debut. His, his life is complete. And um, he, made it, he got a clean sheet. He made a save against Dundalk, the mighty Dundalk. So, yeah. you know. Oh, hold on, hold on. By the way, for before you say anything else, the one good thing about mm. the last podcast not working out is I called Dundalk, Dundork, unironically, for about 30 minutes. <laughs> is it not Dundalk? 
I was calling them Dun Dork. D O R K. Oh, but that is how you pronounce it. So yeah, I, but think about it, man. I'm American, so I should really be saying. Oh yeah, Dun Dork. You, you should you should be saying Dun Dark. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, yeah, that's for right. the best. Good, that's good, good error, Rob. Good error. <laughs> yeah, great error. Uh, yeah, I've got Cedric, Mustafi, Holding, Kalasanac, and then Shaka, Sabios, Willock, Pepe, and Ketia Nelson. Is that your predicted or what you'd want? I'm sort of both. Like, I feel like it's a realistic lineup. I don't think I feel like maybe on any will play, but uh, I don't want him to. I just sort of went. This is sort of the rotated, te- natural rotated team. The only player that's still starting is holding because we don't have anyone else. I kind of, I kind of don't want El Nene to play in this game because I, I really would actually. Maybe this is. You'd like to see Partey on any against Villa. I would. I'd like to see El Nene against mm. Jack Grealish. You know, I think he could. Yeah. I really think he could hold him down. I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating. You know, I think that that's yeah, Ross Barkley. You know. I think that a physical yeah. presence like El Nene would be good against that kind of midfield. Um, mm. uh, Alfie, I don't really want Cedric to play, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, he, <laughs> I feel so sorry for him. He's just such a a loser, really. <laughs> I mean, he's just shite. He's he? not good. To be fair, he was all right against Dundalk. He's not good. He's not good at football. He's just thing is he's not terrible defensively, but he's just whenever I see him on the ball, I'm like, fucking hell! How do you play for Arsenal? I like I look at someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles and how physically capable he is, and how fast and how good his stamina is, and he's like Ainsley is like the perfect. This is so weird, but I saw this on my Twitter from someone. Ainsley is like a perfect size for that position too, and everything. You know, he's like the ideal candidate. And we're, we're definitely going to see fucking Cedric start. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. I just don't, I don't like him. I think he's, like you said, he's a loser. You know, <laughs> he's just, just give up. So mean. Just write the note. Yeah, just give up. Write the note. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, if Cedric commits, we are fucked, Alfie. <laughs> we are fucked. And it's all our fault. Will we get arrested? Probably. Uh, see ya. See ya, motherfuckers. Um, my lineup, I would go with, I'd go with the Icelandic, uh, the, mm. the the president of Iceland between the sticks as well. Um, does Iceland have a president? Or do they have like a, a Viking in charge of, of things? I don't have a clue. A <laughs> I swear that's more like Norway. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Mm. So the fucking Mould will have a Viking as their manager. Oh, fuck. He's just going to kill our successor to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> Damn. He's yeah. going to be like 6'8". I accidentally called them... He's huh? going to be like 6'8", standing on the touchline against the ever-short-centered uh, um, Arteta. It's going to be crazy to look at. <laughs> I accidentally called them Swedish on my preview, and then I saw a comment. They were like, it's Norwegian. I was like, oh, shit. And it had already got like 200 likes <laughs> by that point. So I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're all- well, one of my flatmates, flatmates is uh, Swedish, um, and he was like, molder shite. Oh. I don't know why he he just knows about the Norwegian league for some reason. Well, I mean Scandinavia, so yeah. I don't know how the fuck he he has time to be in university and give a fuck about the that league, but <laughs> um, his team is Malmo. So yeah. shout out Zlatan. Yeah, 
That's pretty much let's, it. Let's end this. Anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, let me just run through my lineup real quick. Then we'll draw his bad oh, yeah, yeah. I would have the isolated king in the goalkeeping position. I would have a back four of Ainsley on the right. A central mm. defense partnership of... Oh, God. I kind of feel like I'm like peering over at your paper. Who'd you have in central defense again? Mustafi Holden. That's who I'd have. Um, <laughs> and then on the left... Fuck. Who'd you have on the left? Like Kalashnets, that's Kalashnets. fine. Uh, Molda aren't going to yeah. do anything. Uh, midfield, I'm keeping El Nene um, in the back pocket for Villa. So I would actually have Joe Willock and mm. Granite Jaka in this game. Mm. Um, and, Fair enough. And then, um, well, who's the other? Who's the other that I could have in the midfield? Uh, it doesn't even matter. I don't know why I care. Sabios or Smith Rowe. Ooh, that's what I want. I want Smith Rowe in this game. I love Smith Rowe in this game, mm. in fact. I think he, he deserves a chance. And then I want a youthful front line, Alfie. I want Nketiah. I want Nelson. But then I think I'm also going to go with Nico Pepe in this one because I don't think yeah. he's probably going to play against, against Villa. Anyway, no one cares about Molda, so I don't even know why we wasted our breath on that. <laughs> um, we got to win. If we don't beat Mold, I'll write the note. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Alfie Colshaw will be fucking dead hell. come Thursday evening. Yeah. Um, Alfie. Fucking mold. Fuck it. Mold. What are the s- They're called mold. Why would you name your team after, like, a thing that grows on, like... It's probably a place, to be fair. I mean... We should know Well, this. why would you name a place after mold? Mold is so... You know, mold can be, like, dangerous and not, like, yeah, a good way. Not everywhere is English, is it? Not everywhere speaks English. Why not? <laughs> oh, I seem to get cancelled again. This is like the Smith thing. Shout out uh, Shabashlai, who's like taking Arsenal Twitter mm. by storm. Shout out Alan Riley's thread again. I love that thread, genuinely. So go check it out oh, yeah, if you have What a guy. What a guy, mm. what a lad. Um, anyway, we need a song. Oh, okay. Um, I. Th- the curse is broken. Yeah, what's a song that has to do with the curse? Here, hold on. Let me look this up. I'm going to look up. What is a song that has to do with a curse? There's a song called The Curse is Broken by Todd Galbraith. Let me just... I I just don't really know it, though, so I'm kind of, like, reluctant. Playing my ears. I don't know it either. What if it, like, is really... Oh, it's like... It's like... It's got, like, church singers in the background. Uh, I don't really like that because... Well, oh, you know what? Hold on, hold on. That should be the song because we beat the Red Devils. So I think that's really clever. Oh, what? So the curse is broken. And that it's, like, angelic because, you know, I mean, we've overcome the devil. And here's a question for you people out there listening. What's worse? Satan himself... Or a United supporter. True. The latter, certainly. Okay. Um, mm. That's enough. Well, this guy... That's enough. He's, uh, I mean, he's Todd Galberth. He may not have a YouTube video, which I can take the song oh, from. Shit. But we'll see. If not, I'll just pick someone else. If not, just pick, like... Uh, just just to stay on this subject. I don't want to be alive. <laughs> no, because I do want to be alive. Because we just beat Manchester United. Okay. So for once, yeah, I'm true. happy. Pick like a some. Yeah, if not, pick a cringy gospel song. 
All right. Okay. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Folks. <laughs> Makes sense. Folks, thanks for listening to the second 65th episode of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. Obviously, the first is somewhere in cyberspace for nowhere. Nobody to find. <laughs> it's kind of like Bruno Fernandez in the game. It's anonymous. Yeah. You know? Completely. <laughs> um, be sure to leave a review wherever you can. Share this with all your home slices, all you cool uncles out there. Don't tell your parents you listen to this shit or they will disown you. And we don't want you guys to be homeless because then it'll be difficult for you to find Wi-Fi and continue to listen to our show. Um, exactly. Not because you'd be, you know, in poor living standards. I don't really care. You know, as long as you mm. can listen to the show, I genuinely don't give a shit how your quality mm. of life is. I mean, you could be, you know, fucking living in the sewers, but as long as you can, you know, access this podcast, I don't give a shit. Exactly. As long as you're leaving, you know, a review on iTunes and stuff. That's really all yeah. we care about. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Alfie, marketing opportunity of a lifetime so we can draw this bad boy to a close. I've kept you way longer than I'm supposed to, and apologies mm. for that, senor. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we love you also, Kogi. Yes, read the site. We've got a... <laughs> Didn't come out great. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, they know the drill. They know the drill. That was that was that was good. They already know. They already know mm. the site, and they should follow mm. it on Twitter too. By the way, we have three hundred followers on the Twitter, yeah. so we're doing well. But keep on following it, please, and read the articles. Mm. We've got a staff of tremendous writers, uh, mm. and yeah, got some good, got a diverse uh, array of writers writing this week as well, which is nice. Yeah, it's nice. We're gonna see some some. Uh, some of the uh, yeah of the peeps putting out some good content. It's exciting to see. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. Right. Uh, next week's going to be yeah. episode sixty-six. That's going to be kind of weird. It's like mm. a repeat number. It is. Gabrielle, Gabrielle. It is. Kashoni, <laughs> Kashoni. Oh, Alexander Arnold. I think. Is he number six? I think he's sixty-six. Oh yeah, he is. Episode Alexander yeah. Arnold. Didn't he like try to fuck yeah. a pregnant girl or something like that? Oh, come on. Let's just end this. Okay. I don't fucking know. All right. Um, guys, don't fuck any pregnant women and leave a review on the podcast and enjoy whatever the hell song Alfie picks out. Until then, toodaloo, mother hellers. Bye. Every mistake, every struggle you feel like you can't let go of, I come to declare today that the curse is broken. Enemies trying to make me believe That my past is who I am That the mistakes I've made from yesterday Is all that I would ever be I gotta be honest It hurt me when they said Told me I would be nothing Nobody in my family They said, you're just like your mama, just like your daddy, never amounted to anything. But I'm glad I don't have to accept it. But that's not me. That's not me. That's not who I am. God gave me a promise. And on that promise, on that I That I'm more, so much more than I'm more than I come. That's what he told.